Fakes, positive all G's. Infrared in that beat. Who make a martyr out me? I take the charters out deep. Don't make tomorrow our peak. If I say she borrow my keys. If I say she borrow my keys, she look like Emily Radikowski. Sonny Bono on skis. Promo runs are not cheap. Mommy hair when she. Molly got her tongue in her cheek. She don't know my name, A Keys. Bitch, I run AC. Chain froze AC. Make green like AC. Boca Chica Key. Costa Rican leaf. Post a vegan recipe. And then she back to sex and me. Haters playing both sides. I don't need no cosign. Call like MJ45. My streaming data for night. Hundreds hands on my fourth flight. My land black, my Porsche white. Yo, bitch, let me know. I can fuck she left on her Porsche light. Bentley truck, no keys. Rat, no ID. Bezlet, shiny. Tim Duncan, five What is the benefit of rotisserie pigskin on Yahoo rather than um, ESPN, Mark Well, the first thing that, that bothered me with ESPN, I, I don't know if our commission changed this or if it was a default setting, but there were no fractional points. So if you were, if you know, if your running back had 90 points and got a five yard run, it, it, it did nothing for you. So you had to have, it just rounded down. So um, that was like super frustrating. And we did one year where we did point per completion for quarterback, which was just outrageous because your quarterback would have like 20 completions and that's 20 points plus his touchdowns and yards. (laughs) It was like out of control. Um, I don't know. That's lame. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. I mean, but you've been in Yahoo and ESPN, right? I mean, do you have a I think so, but, but like, since the advent of the mobile applications, I think I've only done ESPN. Um, so maybe Yahoo's is good. I don't know. I mean, we're doing something different this year, which is anyone who drafts Travis Kelsey can start him only in the flex spot. Does the league uh, do that though? Nah. No, but if you if you start him somewhere else, you forfeit you forfeit your money. You forfeit the entire season, not just that week, but the whole season. Because last year it was just, dude, it was so ridiculous. It's like not only is this guy, he's the most targeted player, period, in the whole fucking NFL. Not receiver, tight end, flanker, running back. Like the next closest person is like you know, fucking DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he's targeted more than the most targeted wide receiver. He's not a fucking tight end. He doesn't block, you know? And so that's fine. But the point is, if I have the second best tight end in the fucking game and you're still outscoring my tight end by 38 points, what are we doing here? It's Shaq in fantasy basketball in like 1999. Whoever gets him wins. Well, what about what about last year the um, the running back from the Titans, Henry, with two thousand sure. yards? Yeah, but oh. dude, it's you have two running backs per team. You know what I'm saying? So even if Derrick Henry is dominant, you would have to have you know another Nick Chubb or Christian McCaffrey. As long as my guys are putting up eighteen each, you're going to get twenty something from him and then twelve from your other. I mean, it's just the point. The problem was you can't afford to lose a single position every single week by over 30 points. Like, it's just absurd. And Kevin, if he's listening, hi. But he didn't carry it well. Like, he acted like we were fucking, you know, buffoons who were incapable of competing with him. And it's like, no, dude, like, you got Travis Kelsey and he's having a historically absurd year and he's not a tight end. It would be like me saying... Like, yeah, I, you're, you have to start LeBron at power forward, and he's going to get fucking 15 more assists per game than the next closest power forward. You know, it's fine when we're just having an abstract positional discussion, but, like, when there's nine points to get – there's nine positions to get points from, and you're going to outscore someone by one of those positions, and it's a specialty position that there's only one of, and it's, like, not just, like, 10, 15, like, oh, so-and-so's having a big year. It's, like – Travis Kelsey is scoring more points and it's skewed for the tight ends. So if Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey have the exact same number of receptions, yards, and touchdowns, 
Kelsey gets more points because they reward them. That is correct, right, Alfred? You get more points. Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they're like, you're a tight end. It counts for more, and we expected less. I've never been in a league that did that. Either way. You guys really did that? So tight ends get more? It might have just been that way. It is that way, and it should be, because if George Kittle catches a 20-yard reception, yes, that is less frequent an occurrence than Julio Jones getting a 20-yard reception. I don't have a problem with that, but... Problem is, Kittle still blocks people. You know, Travis Kelsey doesn't block anybody ever, dude. And he's like a huge wigger. <laughs> What's up, guys? What's up, Tony Orlando? What's up, man? <laughs> All right, so Tony, what do you think about our rule that Travis Kelsey can only be at flex in rotisserie pigskin this year? Um, I was actually going to ask you about that. What's the uh... What's the hate on Travis Kelsey? What do you, it's, what not, do you do? it's not the hate besides he's being a wigger, but, dude, he's the most targeted player in the NFL, period. Like, he's targeted more than any ride receiver. He's not a tight end. He doesn't block. He actually, actually uh, Stephon Diggs had more targets than him. I don't think that's accurate, Mark Anshul. And if it was, it might have been overtaken in the last couple of weeks of the season. No, he, um, was. He, he had 197 and Kelsey had 185. Okay, 12, and Mark Anshul. Kelsey didn't play in week 17. So there it is, right there. You know, if he plays week 17, he probably gets targeted 13 times and he outdoes Diggs. Um, but the point is, that's fucking absurd. He's not a tight end. So because we weren't able to force you to put him at wide receiver, we just had to mandate it overall because, Tony, it's like Shaq in rotisserie round ball in 1999. Whoever gets him wins, you know? Like, and Bill Simmons has talked about that before, how they had to put in, you know, measures to make it competitive because whoever got Shaq at that time was, you know, going to make the finals automatically. Right. Uh, I guess, I mean, I guess flex it is, right? So, Mark Anshul, this is your guest time because I know you haven't been available in a while. So we're here for you. We don't want yeah. you to get too political, but we know you got some takes. Um, you know, I actually, I actually don't. <laughs> oh, okay, great. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, yeah, I kind of, I, I, uh, I know we haven't, we haven't done a pod in a while, so I, I usually take notes. I used to take notes during the week on things I read and stuff, and um, I don't know. I was just gonna kind of like add some color commentary to what what you guys had because. Uh, I hadn't been on the pod in a while. That's okay. Welcome back. Well, Sorry. what's at the, what's it? No, you're fine, dude. What's at the top of your docket, Tony Orlando? Oh man. Um, I don't know. Where do, where do we leave off? Uh, we left off with NBA summer league, um, the Olympics. Oh, you said there was no chance that the U S was going to win the gold medal. I do remember that taking place on the last the- pod. Did I say there was no chance? Yeah, I, it was actually kind of dramatic. And then you might have walked it back a little bit because we were like, dude, no chance. And you walked it back like a little bit. But it's okay because you did predict healthy, honest bucks and six. So I'm not, here, I'm not here to try to stain your uh, reputation with your most recent pick. I know you don't like USA Basketball. I don't. <laughs> it was, I mean, honestly, it was not a particularly favorable iteration of the team. You know, uh, it's funny. For all the things that I've criticized Kobe Bryant for, I think he actually could have ended up coaching. Like, if I could see him have ended up being in charge of USA Basketball. Carmelo told this really interesting story on all the smoke that he was trying to get Kobe to play, that Kobe tried to say something about them losing in 04. And Carmelo was like, well, it's your fault because you won't play with us. And Kobe was like, oh, I'm not fucking with that shit. And Carmelo basically called him out and was like, dude, the only reason you don't play is because you're signed to Adidas. And they actually switched the uniforms or they did some like uniform mutual, you know, thing to get Kobe to come and play in in 2008 uh, on the quote unquote redeem team. And um, because they just it's like Popovich has watched. I mean. I hate Marganchel. You hate Popovich, right? I hate Popovich more than Kerr, more than anyone else in the NBA. Although okay. I actually met him once and he was nice to me. Here's, here's, a, here's a good one. 
Kevin Durant and uh, Draymond Green. I love this because like the Westbrook trade, it's forced pundits to actually have an opinion. First of all, it is amazing that Kevin Durant and, and Draymond Green are flagrantly tampering in real time on this video cast. And Draymond Green throws Bob Myers completely under the bus, and he still plays for the team. It's absolutely amazing. Al-Fayed, what are your thoughts? Oh. <laughs> Were you on mute there? That's okay. We can go to Tony first if you want. Was that on mute? Was I on? Yeah, go ahead. Tony Orlando, tell me how amazing you think this is. Um, I haven't actually watched the whole clip. But. So basically what they said is they said that they had their thing, their spat on the sideline. And then Bob Myers and Steve Kerr took Draymond in a room and said, you have to apologize to KD. And he right. said, and I've heard that you, before. Yeah. He said, me and KD are going to talk, but you guys can't make me apologize. And they were like, all right, we'll talk again tomorrow. And the next day they were like, are you going to apologize to KD? And he was like, nah. They're like, we're going to suspend you again. And so Draymond laughed in their face. And Bob Myers goes, that was not the re ex reaction I was expecting. And Draymond says, oh, well, what you're doing is funny, I think. So I'm either going to laugh in your face or I'm going to curse you the fuck out. But KD basically said that, you know, it was Bob Myers and Steve Kerr's fault for, like, being too white and, like, you know, lily about it. But here's the real problem. LeBron James sets the precedent for everybody knowing he's going to leave a team and going to the other team for a full year. But he has the clout an insulation that nobody's able to ask him about it. And there is no precedent because no one's ever done it like that before. And KD tries to turn around and do it the next year. And it's so obvious that he's not able to carry it off with the same impunity. Yeah, I think that's pretty true. And LeBron wasn't back to back champ the well, year he was going to the Lakers. You know, they'd won in 16, lost in 17. And it was basically like, if we win 18, maybe I'll stay. But if we don't, I'm gone. Here's here's the deal. That the night that that happened, you could literally see Durant mouth. That's why I'm out. That's why yeah, I'm shit, gone. Shit, shit like this is why I'm fucking gone anyway. Yeah, yeah. like he. Right. The, the, I think it was pretty clear he was leaving, right? But the thing is, is if you're if you're uh, Draymond Green, I mean, is your whole life you just have to be in constant conflict with someone? Like, what are you doing just throwing the organization under the bus, completely under the bus? Because what are they going to do? You can't, you can't go to Kerr. Kerr's not going to go. Draymond might want out, dude. He might, he might be ready to get traded. And if that's, Steph has to say that's okay. Yeah, and when did they – what did they say about Steph? Nothing. Nothing. Amaz right? like Amazingly, he completely avoids uh, anything. I mean, he's a golden boy. He's a golden boy. But, yeah, I mean, dude, dude, Draymond is from, you know, like Flint or Saginaw, Michigan. You know, he gets in bar fights. He's amazing. He's like a modern-day Barkley. I think it's great. I think Bob Myers – I mean, Morgan, will you agree uh, Bob Myers is a total, total loser, right? Yeah, I mean, he, I used to listen to him on the Rome show, Jim Rome show he would come on. And he would talk about this charity work that he did where he would play hoops at San Quentin uh, against the inmates <laughs> and stuff. And it was like, <laughs> I mean, he fake cried after the, the Duran Achilles tear, which was horrible. Um, I don't know. He, he, he gets so much credit for the team, but it was really Jerry West who drafted Clay. And, and I'm, you know, it was, it was really Jerry West who built that team before he left. And then Myers swooped in. Now that part, dude, the Warriors have not been the same since, since West, you know, left. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, most people like Bob Myers. I think we're in the minority here. Um, but, you know, he has definitely stood behind Draymond Green through the dick pic that he sent out to the entire world through, you know, when well, he got, I mean, uh, it happens when he, when he got the suspension in the finals, why that, which is why they lost to the Cavs when he kicked Steven Adams in the junk and then kicked um, another guy, I forget, and on the Cavs in the junk. Uh, and he, the, the Warriors backed Draymond when he did that. I mean, he's done so many, like, reprehensible amazing, things. Amazing things. And, and the Warriors just let him get away with everything. And the fact that Draymond can now turn around and rip them with, for something that was 100% his fault 
is is pretty disgusting and deplorable in my was opinion. it a hundred percent i mean it's like kd i think just made it too obvious and you know it was like with michael jordan he was he was retiring that was different like with lebron it was like oh if we win maybe i'll stay with words it's like we're back-to-back champs and you can't put this to rest you know you're gonna make us go this whole season and his response was, I played 78 games, you know, and I played hard. And it's like, yeah, but dude, mentally, it would be like if we were making a Flock Casinos album and we'd won album of the year, like, you know, two years in a row at the Grammys. And Al Fayed's contract was coming up and he hadn't like re-upped and he was like, he was like moving his recording studio to the East Coast. And we'd be like, hey, man, like, is everything cool? Or, like, are you going solo after this? And you were just like, hey, man, like, I'm here right now, dude. But I think that's totally legit. I mean, it's a business, you know? I mean... It's just that it was... I'm not saying it's unlegit. It's just that it was totally unprecedented until LeBron did it. And then KD tried to do it again right after that. And he was, like, a little sloppy. And the back-to-back championships makes it different. Even with Kawhi, it was like they traded for him, you know? Like, you've won two championships in a row, dude. You probably should have just tried to do, like, a two-year player option or something, you know? Like yeah, but he was, looking, he was looking for to get a lot done. He didn't want to fall too far behind LeBron with the championships. He didn't want he, – he wanted to be – because even though he was an OKC from the beginning, um, because he, he got drafted as a sign yeah. franchise to OKC, uh, that was never really his team. That was Russell's team. And then he went to to Golden State to try to close the gap between him and LeBron as far as championships, but he also wanted the recognition, and he didn't get enough recognition, so he felt slighted. He to me, it, to me, he's a very I don't I don't want to I don't really know how to phrase this properly, and it, it's it's going to bend some people out of shape, but he's very feminine, <laughs> where he's looking for stuff that he knows he's not going to find, and he wants to bitch about it when he doesn't get it. That's very true. I would agree with that. I mean, the 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 feuding with people on Twitter with Burner yeah, accounts, like that. That's and, okay, yeah. but Jerry Colangelo is also guilty of that. Was it him or was it his wife? His son, <laughs> was it his son's wife, right? Yeah, was but the difference is, is basketball people know who Jerry Colangelo is. Outside of basketball, nobody knows who the hell that is. The entire world knows who Kevin Durant is. So for for you as an athlete and. I don't want to say the face of the NBA, but one of the face premier faces of the NBA to get into a rant He's with some idiots player. on, on Twitter or whatever. Like you, sometimes you just got to shut your mouth and just What's keep about your business. Like I get it. You, you don't want to get punked either, but come on, dude, you make more money per game than most of the people you argue with do in a year. <laughs> yeah. But fucking Joe Lake of, you know, uh, he's light years also ahead makes of a fucking shit ton of money. You know? <laughs> he's, he's light years ahead of everyone, guys. He's such a fucking dumbass. Um, here's what I here's the, the biggest thing for me is uh, so Draymond, like now this is going to be a, a thing. Like they're going to ask everybody on the team, hey, what do you think about what Draymond said about blah blah blah? And they're going to be like, I don't know, man. You know, like this is a thing. I don't even think, dude, I don't even think that they will because the Warriors fucking media are a bunch of cowards except for Marcus Thompson. And they don't let Marcus talk that often because he actually says what's going on. Dude, I've been keeping up with this. Warriors All-82, the Tim Kawakami, Anthony Slater, Marcus Thompson pod, they haven't posted in three weeks. Ethan Strauss is AWOL with some alleged announcement that's soon forthcoming hasn't posted in three weeks. And that's the shit that pisses me off. When the Lakers traded for Russ, Lakers people got on pods and came with their takes. In a lot of cases, did they hedge their fucking dicks off? Yes. But some of them actually came in and said, I like this. And others came in and said, I don't like it. This warrior shit pisses me off because like, they don't fucking address anything. You know, they just, I go, it's the off season where it's like, dude, shut the fuck up, man. You should be doing an emergency fucking podcast on this shit, you know, the night of. And it's it's frustrating for me because I drive and I commute a lot and I kind of root against the Warriors 
but I really enjoy Warriors All 82 and Warriors Plus Minus, which have now uh, merged. Uh, breaking news, Imani Bates, Final Four, Oregon, Michigan State, Memphis, NBA G League. He's got to go G League. Yeah. <laughs> I think he probably will, right? You know, actually, I think he could make more money if he uh, played in college, actually. Yeah, well, now that's that yeah, pretty that. well known. Yeah, I mean Bryce Young, now. Bryce Young, the incoming uh, quarter. He's a uh, redshirt freshman quarterback, I think, or maybe he's just a sophomore for Alabama. He already has a million dollars, and he hasn't even started a game yet. A million dollars in endorsements for the fall. That's so incredible. I mean, the, the, what does the G League pay? Like one hundred fifty k? I think it's no, I think it's nine hundred thousand. Yeah, I mean. I, 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 there's no reason why he can't get NIL. You know, that might be wrong. I think it's half a mil, though, for sure. Like at least. I actually, I thought it was like over 100k. Maybe like, let me look it up. It has to depend on who you are, though, because if you're just well, like I a dude, like I thought it was 250. It, it says it can reach 500k plus. No but, shit. Well, don't let do Orlando represent you. He'll fucking lowball you. Uh, I'm trying to find this Buck song for you guys. Okay, I got it. All right. This is the Locked on Bucks angst all emo theme song. Oh, dear. How fucking hilarious is that, dude? They actually contracted an alt, like, angst emo band to, like, come up with this song. And they're like, our town, our year, because they fear the deer. That's what happens when small market teams win. Dude, I think the song might have existed before the championship, to their credit. So, all right, everyone thinks Imani Bates skips college, or does he go to Memphis and film Blue Chips too? Oh, with, God, like, cool. that would be cool. Imagine if, like, him and Bronny and, like, D-Wade's gay kid were, like, the three stars of Blue Chips too. With little Nas X on the soundtrack. <laughs> of course. He has to be, right? Uh... <laughs> So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I root against the words, but I like when they were forced to talk about that shit. And I don't like when they don't. And I don't like when they suppress Marcus Thompson because he comes on there and he says what it is. Like every time he basically says flat out, if I'm Steph Curry, I'm looking at Bob Myers with a fucking cockeyed side eye right now. Because I'm like, what the fuck are you fucking doing? We're trying to win right now. I mean, what's the... Margantula, you're in SoCal now, but as a Frisco native, what is the what is the temperature out there? Is it ignore the Warriors, focus on the Niners? Um, no, I mean I think you know summer league just happened. Um, the Warriors took what Jonathan Kaminga at seven and, uh, and Moses Moody. at fourteen, um, and then they got what's his name? Well, who's my man? He used to play for Wayne Ellington, or is it Otto Porter? Who did they oh, get? They got Otto Porter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, Iguodala's coming back, right? What's that? I think Iguodala's back. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's pretty washed at this point, to be honest. <laughs> how, how dare you, Mark Andrew? He's on the Udonis Haslam contract. I mean, he I is. cannot believe that. Yeah. But, I mean, That's I think... That's a joke. Um, I, I, for Warriors fans, though, I mean, I think they're pretty big on Kaminga, so I think they're happy with Myers right now, to be honest. At least from what I'm... My impression. I'm going to go on officially go on record right now and say the Warriors are going to be garbage this coming year. No, dude, they're they, they're probably going to be like a four or five seed. If no, if they're garbage, if they're healthy, if they're healthy I they're think they're going to be. I think they'll be a seven seed at best. So, so why do you think that though? Because they're saying Clay is going to come back by Christmas Day. Oh yeah, that's and, great. When was the last time Clay played? Oh, even if they are a seven seed, if I'm Utah, I'm fucking shaking in my boots. Oh, if I'm the two seed, I'm like, oh Jesus Christ! It's gonna get pretty bad, man. But that that two seed bad. could be anybody. What about lob two seed?
Oh, Lord. Did we lose Charlie? No, I'm here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm about to switch over to a different, uh, to a different uh, device. Dang. But, I mean, dude, Alphite, seven seed is not trash. I mean, that's still, like, in the playoffs. Yeah, but if you have that team, which everybody thinks right now will be so great, Right, like that would be a pretty so great. That would be a pretty disappointing. That like that would be a pretty disappointing season if they were the seventh seed, right? No, I mean not not fine. if it's not if it's a seventh seed similar to it was in the Western Conference ten years ago, where the the eighth seed won forty eight games. Yeah, that I mean, was gosh, those were that was so ridiculous. But like I like I said before that that Western Conference, it, everybody's one injury away from being a seventh or eighth seed. Or it's true, Hank. Hanging off in the play in the playing game, which they're going to keep next year. So, so the Warriors have the highest payroll in the NBA right now, uh, projected at 177 million. I think the cap was going to be 112 million or something like that. Um, so there's going to be changes. They have 16 players in their roster, so you know they have to have 15. But their luxury tax bill itself is 184 million which would be higher than any other team. Um, the Brooklyn Nets have the second highest payroll at 175. So I guess like to Alfredo's point, I mean, if they were a seven seed with the highest payroll and by far, like their, their luxury tax bill is higher than every other team's um, payroll. And so, and so if, you're, if you're paying that kind of money, it's Joe Lacob and you're a seven seed and out in the second round or first round, that's, that's pretty fucking bad. Well, that's... I think that's going to be the new thing, though, is like the Nets. Guys are going to want to play for teams that don't mind going into the tax. How, how, is, how is Golden State that far over in the lake? Because that's what the Nets, the Nets are doing. The, the Nets are going way into the tax, you know? Yeah. Because, dude, that point. repeater tax, that shit is a bitch, dude. Like, with Alex Caruso, <laughs> he was going to make $10 million. But in order for them to retain him, it would have been a $30 million penalty. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah. If you're, if you're over the tax for multiple years in a row, it just basically grows exponentially. But if you're the Brooklyn Nets, it's apparently that was like a prerequisite of them going there. Was they were like, hey, man, we don't ever want to fucking hear about the tax. <laughs> They're still ever. working with that. You know, Russian mob we're going to tell anyway. you how to build the roster. Yeah, dude. And dude, also fucking Asai is like rich, you know, like Lacob is not the richest guy in Silicon Valley. He, but he was smart because he bought the Warriors and now he kind of became a little bit of a king because he holds court and he can distribute the, um, you know, the sweets and the boxes and whatnot, you know, to curry favor, no pun intended, amongst, uh, you know, the other tech billionaires. But from what I understand, Brooklyn and the tax is just, like, not even an issue. It's, like, not even being fucking discussed. And if I were KD or Harden, that's what I would want. I would step to the owner and be like, look, bro, I don't want to fucking hear about that shit. I want to play for somebody who's so rich that they don't even fucking blink. You know what I'm saying? They just want to win. And the Lakers are at a disadvantage in that position because unless Genie Bus does another Playboy shoot, their revenue comes from basketball only. Well, they got all the other investments. No, they don't. They don't have any other investments. They make money from yeah, the they Lakers. They have a ton of real estate, but you know, in I thought. Oh, do they? Okay, all right. I mean, you'd know better than I. I mean, you're the you're the SoCal resident. I thought. I mean, Doctor Bus. He was a very smart I just, man. I just. Very smart man. So, you know, actually, I'm just looking this up. the uh, The Knicks are the. That have the highest value according to Forbes at five billion, and the Warriors are second at four point seven. But that's Marganshul. That's skewed though because the they have an arena in the middle of Manhattan. You know, like I I can't separate MSG from the Knicks. So I understand that. Like for example, old boy Dolan has said he would sell the Knicks before, but he's not selling MSG and he's not selling. 
the, the network. Uh, so it's like, what the fuck am I buying? You know, even if I can get three, three, uh, three billion, I can get the next, you're going to own the building. I'm still going to have to lease it from you. It'll be like being the Clippers in the Staples Center. So who's third? Who, can you give us the top like yeah, six so, or seven? I mean, yeah, like you said, Charlie, NBA? I mean, these things are highly, highly weighted to, um, you know, ownership of stadiums. Uh, the Warriors are two at 4.7, and that's because Lake and Gruber own Chase Center. Um, and, but Lakers are number three at 4.6. And so I, I don't know what the arrangement is with Staples and, you know, who really – I'm sure the city owns it and Lakers lease from them, but 4.6 is pretty strong valuation. And there's a big drop-off to the Bulls at number four, 3.3. Interesting though that Clutch sends two of their guys to Chicago, and uh, Lonzo, and um, you know, like you're starting to see now, Clutch is establishing certain teams as cl- as. Do you see teams. that uh, Nerlens Noel is suing Rich Paul today for like? <laughs> yeah, dude. It, I it, Dennis Schroeder is the one who needs to sue his agent. That's true, but Nerlens Noel turned down four years, seventy million from the Mavs to take a one year, four point one million qualifying offer. <laughs> But he's still get he's 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 still getting money now this year, right? Isn't he getting yeah? Like but he's, I mean, he, he lost a lot of money, a lot. Yeah, I mean, so did Schroeder. I mean, dude, that's why you got to fucking you got to you know. I don't know, man. I mean, did did what's his name tell him specifically to turn that down? Dude, the Clutch Mafia like bullying guy, like they they're like bullying. Uh, they bullied Montrez into opting in so he could get traded. They're like fucking bullying Caruso and uh, going to the Bulls. It's amazing. Yeah, Schroeder turned down $84 million from the Lakers. And it's unclear, though, if, like, that was officially, like, tabled and he, like, ripped it up or if they, like, floated it and he was not warm enough in his he, reception of it or something. I'm not sure if there was ever a he tender. He can't go ahead, Tony. feasibly think that he's worth more than $84 million. <laughs> now, listen, we're not going to start talking about the worth of people on this pod, okay? But we will talk about percentages <laughs> of salary caps. And yes, yes, Dennis Schroeder at, at $20 million per year, which he is worth because he is a he is an absolute African-American basketball playing king. However, when the cap is $130 million, if Dennis Schroeder is taking up 18%, I mean, I don't know. That's actually not that bad, depending on what else you have going on. If you have, if you have Russ, LeBron, and AD all making 30-plus, then yeah, you're in deep fucking shit. But if you're the Orlando Magic, dude, how about Schroeder going to the Celtics? Dude, how much are the Celtics going to suck? Actually, are they going to be better now because they have a black coach? I don't know. Okay, how about this? Terry Stotts, fired, replaced by a black coach. Steve Clifford, fired, replaced by a black coach. What about uh, the guy who was at the talking What about, about the Pacers? Boston Nate Celtics. Pacers, yeah, replaced by a black coach. Uh, which is good. Hawks, you know, I think Hawks in the middle at this of the point, year, it's right? almost like there was like – yeah, dude, there was like six or seven of them this year to the point that it's like, all right, guys, I get it's like a black league and I get player empowerment, but now it's a little too obvious, you know, whereas like in the 70s, it was ridiculous that there were no black coaches. Now it's like, oh, yeah, Dame, we hired Chauncey and Dame's like, ah, okay, like, just because just because you hired a black guy doesn't fucking it didn't improve the roster at stay. all. Here's Martin. No, and Margantual and Tony, tell me this is what I think is going to happen. I think ultimately we're going to see a three-team trade that sends Simmons to the Warriors, Lillard to the Sixers, and Portland basically just gets to go to the buffet and make their own package of Kaminga, Moody, Maxi, Feibel, Picks, and then salary matching, throw in Tobias Harris. Maybe the Sixers get Robert Covington back That'd or be- something. But, uh, I mean, I think that's – but it's dangerous if you're Philly because if you send Simmons to the Warriors, you're basically saying see you in the finals. Well, Philly's not getting past Brooklyn. But not, – not, not with Ben Simmons on the if I'm If I'm Philadelphia and yeah. if I can retain Maxie and Thibel and I can get Lillard in, 
I think Brooklyn might be in deep shit. At least if I can run out Dame and Embiid for four more years, I've got to figure they've got at least a 25% chance to get one, to do what Milwaukee did this year and just kind of outlast the war of attrition. I mean, yeah, I'm never going right, to go ahead, Tony. I'm never going right. to count Brooklyn on being healthy or whole. It's you can't. Well, and also here's the other thing. These guys smoke weed. You know what I'm saying? They're hanging out and, and that's cool. You know, like I get it. But when you look at Giannis, like, dude, at the end of the finals, we talked about this on the other pod, but like for his, for his tummy to be that compact, and his shoulders to be like that. Like, that's like Arnold Schwarzenegger in like the bodybuilding documentary. Like, you can only do that when you're 26, 27, 28 years old and you are like ultra committed to the form, like ultra fucking committed. And not only are KD Harden and uh, Kyrie older, but KD's smoking weed. Kyrie is into his social justice stuff. And Harden is overweight and spending too much time in the strip club. So until they renew their commitment to the competition, I mean, dude, I don't know, man. I think Milwaukee would have lost to them, but I think if Milwaukee had played, if we had seen the final form of Milwaukee, you know, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, Brooke Lopez, Drew, Chris, and Giannis. I think that team now with the confidence that they have is, is a problem for Brooklyn at the time in the second round. I think they were too unconfident still, but now that they're champions, I mean, if they can have home court advantage, I'm not necessarily favoring. I mean, I don't know though. Patty Mills and fucking Blake Griffin. I mean, Patty Mills is going to win you a, a game or two. We saw what Blake Griffin looked like during the regular season. I mean, he stepped it up in the playoffs, kind of, sort of, but then he reverted to what he was back in the regular season towards the end. It, you're, you're still banking on the top three producing and being available. And like I said, I, I, can't, I can't see those three guys being t- playing together and being healthy and being uh, locked in. Like, I mean, you know, you know what you're going to get from Durant as long as he's healthy. And for the most part, you know what you're going to get from Harden as long as he's healthy. But Kyrie, like, he just wants to take days off all the fucking time. And that shit don't work, man. Like, if, 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 he, was, if he was a regular person at a regular job... He, I mean, he it does in the regular season, but yeah. You know, he, check, he checks in and out. He comes up with all these stories. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I need personal time. But then he's at a party. Like, it's, to me, it's ridiculous. And they're just... Yeah, it was it was personal time for a party. Yeah, but you, Hello. like, just tell them you don't want to play. They're going to pay you anyway. Did you guys see Kyrie ripping Nike this off season? Where it came out that Kyrie ate and yeah, he, I know. he said, "I had nothing to do with the design or marketing of the shoe. They're trash." He didn't want it released. <laughs> His new shoe didn't want what released. Oh, I mean, dude, no. Well, because he's beefing with them because uh, they're doing the same thing to to Kobe Bryant. Today's Kobe Bryant day, by the way, Charlie, 824. So you can pay your respects today. And now let's talk some football. Kirk Cousins really got a lot of fucking cojones, right? Just being like, yeah, I'm not getting vaccinated, but all the rest of you guys get vaccinated and fucking suck my dick, basically, right? Well, what was funny was he was a, a spokesperson for a, a hospital system in, in Holland, Michigan, where he's from. And uh, when he when he refused to get vaccinated, they dropped him from there, uh, at, you know, as a PR guy for them, <laughs> because they said he, you know, he has to represent the hospital's values. And um, I mean, look, man, like I I don't think there's if if you're younger than forty, I don't think you really need to worry about it. You know, I, like I got vaccinated, I, I'd recommend it, but. I think there's just as much risk of getting myocarditis or something like that and having complications than, than there is from actually getting COVID uh, just, just being honest. So my, I mean, I support these guys and their choice. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to begrudge Kirk Cousins for that, but I think everybody just needs to relax a little bit here, you know? And, and, and by the way, it, 
the vaccine wasn't fully granted FDA approval until like yesterday or today or something. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah it was this 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 week. Yeah, the Pfizer, which is for people have been saying for a while is the one the Johnson and Johnson basically got ran off the court. It was like the Enos Cantor. And then the Moderna was like chilling, but there was some speculation that um, it might have been uh, not good for pregnant women. And also maybe for like African-American men with high cholesterol over the age of 50. Um, that said, I mean, I, I just, I, I think Cousins is kind of being a dick. Uh, he's also kind of a dick, in, I think, in real life. But um, yeah, dude, I, I agree. I think a lot of people don't understand like how bad that first strain of coronavirus really was because I'm a pretty healthy person and I got the sense that if I still smoked cigarettes, I would have been in like deep trouble. Because, dude, I'm talking about uncontrollable wheezing. Like, have you guys had coronavirus? Yeah. Did you experience at any point uncontrollable wheezing for like 70 minutes straight? I had nothing. Yeah. So, and that's a good thing. That means that it's getting weaker, you know, and that as long as you don't smoke cigarettes and you don't have heart problems and really high cholesterol, you know, that you'll probably be all right. But dude, did you guys know that this is the first 2020 was the first year in recorded history where more people perished than were born? Holy shit. I mean... It's just kind of crazy because for the people who do say that coronavirus has to do with population control, it's not only are they killing people, but they're keeping you in the house and preventing you from procreating as uh, frequently. And listen, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Dude, if the population of the world was legitimately 3.7 billion in 1960, and it's now over 7 billion, that is a problem. Now, that doesn't mean that we should start limiting how many people, how many kids people can have. But yeah, we need to look at like, you know, the resources, like if we were all living in like Pueblos and like tree houses and like, you know, domiciles that were appropriate for our climate, I think that would be sustainable. But what we're doing right now, I don't think it's not what we're doing, but what the 70 corporations who are responsible for, you know, 85% of the climate change and pollution is not sustainable, right? Great. No one? So Margos... If we, what do you think? Last minute edition, we could up our league. We could get one more member and we could slot you in. It's 40 bucks, prizes for first uh, and second and maybe third. I, I, I'm, I'm going to pass, but I think we should do a Survivor League. Oh, okay. Survivor League? Okay. That shit is hard. Yeah. I mean, I always lose right away in those things because you can only pick <laughs> each team to win one time. And well, I always. The first couple weeks are the hardest. Yeah. Because in the first week, it'll be, you know, like the Giants are playing the Jaguars and I'll say, Oh, well, I'm never going to pick the Giants again. So I'll just pick them. And then they lose in, in week one. So, but the, the one, the last one that I did, you had two strikes. So you had one mulligan and then the second one you were out. So that one's key. I kind of like that. Actually. I like yeah. that better than just being out or at least like, let's do one for week one through eight and then another for eight through 16. So that, like, if you get knocked out, you can, you know, like, well, well, the ones that in. I did, yeah, the ones that I did, you can just buy back in if you wanted to. So, so like, it's it's actually it's seventeen weeks now, right? I think it's the NFL season seventeen now, which makes it even harder. Dude, um, how weird is that? <laughs> and and the and the playoffs and we have ties closer. and you so can have a tie, they, right? So, okay, so how is this going to work with all the records? Well, you, uh, some teams play one more home game than the others, which is an advantage. Yeah, that's what the. But fuck then there's also the London game, the Mexico City game. Yeah, but that's like, what? Are they, why did they go to seventeen? Money, 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 money. Well, well why wouldn't they go to eighteen? So then it's because they couldn't get the players' association to do it. So they reduced. They got rid of a preseason game and they added a regular season game. So, like, kind of like Mark said, one there's going to be a pretty good amount of teams that are like, "Hey, that everyone else got one more home game than we did." Well, I would presume that it's on a four-year divisional rotation. So, at the end of every four-year cycle, you'll have had at least equal numbers of home and away games against your divisional opponents, and also theoretically, that out of division or out of conference road game that might be a loss is going to affect you a little less in a seventeen-game 
formula like, rather than a six. What about like all the single season records, like most rushing yards in a season, most touchdowns, most touchdown catches, most reception. Yeah. They're all fucked. Well, we're moving like, towards the place, man. Though. But dude, we're moving towards a place now where we don't talk about how many points per game you scored. We talk about how many points per 36 minutes you scored. We don't talk about how many receptions you had in a season. We talk about how many receptions you had yards you had per target. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So, but I agree, dude. No, it's, it's bullshit. And I don't, I don't like that they, that they did that. And I don't like that they did it in the face of coronavirus and like all the shit that's going on now. And the NFL has also been really profitable and they've also been the most fortunate league in that they had a Super Bowl right before coronavirus. And then they had a Super Bowl, you know, at like 12, 13 months after coronavirus. So a lot of the other leagues got totally fucked because at the beginning of the pandemic, there were no standards and no precedents and nothing that anyone could agree upon. Like, dude, you see the fucking Chinese guys meeting with the Taliban today. They got fucking masks on, bro. Wait, what were they meeting about today? That China's going to take over because they want the lithium. Yeah, all the, all the, the mining. Yeah. Yeah. And I listen, do I think we should have gotten out of Afghanistan? Yeah, probably. Do I think we should have abandoned like Bagram airfield? Like probably not, you know, like we, we've held base, uh, not we, the American military and government has held bases all over the, the world, you know, in Europe, for Christ's sake, we've got a fucking corner of Cuba still, you know, on the other side of that marsh, we have Guantanamo Bay. Uh, but I think that the way they're going about this is, is, is not, is not, is not good. And I want to let the listeners know that Alphia, you guys are welcome to join this pod, but Alphia and I are going to be doing a very special 20 year uh, retrospective 9-11 podcast, uh, which will probably be the next pod that comes out. So you guys are both invited, but if it's too hot, you know, you don't have to enter the kitchen. Wait, so you're going to, you're going to recap all the, the, no, Alphia, we're going to basically break down how it's a huge problem in America that 20 years has gone by and like not one single legitimate, like Donald Trump basically got elected because Jeb Bush said that George Bush kept the country safe on nine 11, you know, and Trump just like whooped his ass in that debate. And then he took it. There's another interview where Trump is sitting with Stepanopoulos and he says, I know who did nine 11. And George says, Oh, do you? And Trump says, yeah. And I think, you know, too. So, it's like this huge problem. And, I'm not, and dude, Donald Trump's a fucking asshole. This is not a commercial for fucking Trumpism at all. But he is not like a deep state, like murderer, you know, career, like murderer, like the Clintons and the Reagans and so on and so forth. So they pit both sides against the middle. They get Trump out of the way. But like this country is never going to be able to get on the same page about anything until we have like a real conversation about not only the logistics the events, but also like the physical anomalies of the dustification of 800,000 tons of steel and concrete of, for which we have no precedent, you know, in the history of anything. And Alpha, do you want to talk about what Spike Lee is getting criticized in Slate? Is Slate an op-ed publication or are they like a news thing? Because this guy, he throws Spike so far under the bus, you could have fucking fooled me. I, yeah, I didn't even read it. It's terrible. It literally sounds like it was ghostwritten by, you know, Project for a New American Century. They're like, HBO better not let this roll. Fucking Spike better change this shit. Like, how can he even give time to these 9-11? So basically, Margantual, Spike Lee is putting out a documentary. And it's like a four or five part one about, what is it about, Alfred? New York on 9-11 or in the 20 years since? Or... Uh, one of the episodes has a 30 minute portion that's basically like a debate between people who are standing for the NIST report and the 9-11 commission report and then people who are standing for architects and engineers for 9-11 truth, which is also a limited hangout. Here's the other thing. You got guys like fucking Snowden and Assange, right? Who are white fucking hot doing all the shit. But what is what is one thing they've never ever talked about? Yeah, it's a good point. I've never heard them talk about it. Exactly, so bro. Do you think about it? Well, Say again. 
Well, Snowden did, didn't Snowden not he joined the NSA after 9/11, right? So he yeah. was working for the government on 9/11. I don't know when he started NSA, but he had a job, a government security job in Virginia or Maryland on September 11th. Because I remember him talking about how they evacuated his facility in somewhere in the DMV area. But the point is, it's like this third rail thing. And like, um, it's just bullshit, you know? And now it's been 20 years and like, you know, we still, we still don't really have closure. And, and my other problem with it is these people get on Slate and they write these articles uh, talking about Spike as an asshole you know, for asking these questions. And it's like, dude, are you from New York? Like, where are you writing that article from? You know, because I personally know girls from Long Island whose dads were firefighters who either died that day or died within the years after from the Semtex nanothermite cancer. And like, that's my thing is like, if you don't know anybody that actually like died from that shit and you're just arbitrarily telling people to like stop asking questions about it i think that's like not cool at all well i'm looking forward to the podcast i uh, i want to hear you guys knowledge. well we need we need we might need like a devil's advocate though right alfayed because i mean i mean should I we do it a devil's advocate can you like, okay i mean i you know i don't think like i don't know i i think it's well i'm not even gonna say it uh, what? Go ahead. <laughs> well, so it, a couple points. So I think it's kind of akin to like the OJ thing where it's like everyone thinks it's one thing, but it's, it was actually just like a series of mistakes and like people being like just kind of dropping the ball. I think that probably has more to do with it than like some, you know, grand cons- giant conspiracy. But the thing that you're saying Alfayed is uh, about how like, hey, he shouldn't, we shouldn't even be able to ask questions. That's what I have a problem with in today's current political environment. One side of the aisle is going, hey, you shouldn't even be allowed to say your opinion. You shouldn't be allowed. Like that to me is insane. And media members are actually in support of basically that. Like they're in support of muzzling people and saying, no, you shouldn't be allowed to express your opinions on this site. No, get fi- make your own site. No, no. It's like free speech. No, free speech isn't free. Words, words matter. Words have consequences. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but what? You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? I thought it's just it's just words. Who cares? Yeah, it's it, it's a tough one, and and it just becomes more and more ridiculous in time because all you have to do is look at the quid pro quo of who did it benefit and whose interests did it serve, and who who are the parties that could have even pulled this off, and it's it's right in front of your face. So I think the listeners will like it. So we'll basically do it just like we did the Michael Jackson one, where I'll be on the one side and you'll be on the other. Yeah. Wait, what was what was the Michael Jackson one? So like, after the Michael Jackson, Jackson, yeah, after the Michael Jackson one came out, Alfayed was basically like, not he's innocent, but you have to convince me there was wrongdoing, you know. And my thing was the parents are culpable. Yes. Simultaneously, I think the the point when I actually won the debate was, uh, which is Alfayed's obviously Alfayed's obviously at a huge disadvantage in this debate. But I said to him, it's almost to the point. That if you're going to all this trouble to do all this shit with the toys and the animals and the kids and the rides, it would almost be weirder if you weren't trying to hook up with the kids a little bit. Because he's going so far that you're like, dude, I get you like kids, but this is like on the surface, it looks like predatory and seductive. Um, yeah, but at the, at the same time, you need to remember that he... And I'm not defending him in any means. Do it, do it, Tony. Let the hate he, flow through you. He was robbed of his childhood, so he never got yeah. to experience. Well, and I think Joe it. Jackson probably beat the shit out of him and maybe sexually abused him as well. Oh, uh, or maybe I, his I, brothers I or another either. family member and so on and hurt people, hurt people and so on. And I even went as far as to speculate that there may have been airborne psychotropics at the Neverland Ranch because some of the behavior <laughs> of the parents... The behavior of the parents was like, you couldn't even, 
it, they made Casey Anthony, you know, look like the Brady Bunch or something. Like, you're just like, you did what? They're like, yeah, we just left the kid for fucking 19 days and we went to like shop in Geneva, you know, Sweden with like Michael's, you know, personal shopper. And we just left the kid. And it's like, did somebody roofie you or did you just like decide to do that? But that's 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 part of the reason why it, it all sounds like everybody's looking for a paycheck. That's just like the the R. Sure. Kelly, the R. Kelly thing. The one the one the one people. Yeah, but he was definitely nasty, and he broke the law for sure. How about Bill Cosby what? getting out, dude? How fucking crazy is that? Yeah, that is and wild. and a big deal wasn't made about that either. Not really, and it wasn't compassionate release. It was like a technicality, right? It, it was totally bullshit. He never should have gone to prison, even though he's guilty. Yeah, he was. Isn't that like the problem now in America? Is like, we can all know that you did it. But like, if we can't prove it and we don't have enough money to put you away, it just kind of like rolls with the punches. Well, no, with Cosby, I think, I think, I'll find out. I think you might, I, we talked about it, if you remember better than me, correct me. But I think what happened was there was a civil trial. Um, from one of the women and um, like years ago. And he, he basically did a deposition where he basically admitted to what he did. But the thing was that the prosecutor made a deal with him before the deposition that they wouldn't criminally charge him. It was a, a, proffer, a proffer session, I think they call that. Yeah. Yeah. So they were like, we won't criminally charge you if you give this deposition. He agreed. And then a new DA came in and then they, they completely ignored that agreement and then just tried him. And, I, I, and like, they put him in for a little while and it took a while to get him back out. Yeah. But the fact that he even got to trial and he like, I, I don't know what kind of attorneys he had, but that should have never, like, I mean, that he never should have even gone to trial the second time. Like he never should have gone to prison. It's, it's a joke that that happened. Well, so. it's dude, that's, um, that's kind of what happened with, uh, damn, who's it? Oh, with the Tupac Shakur thing, they finally got Keithy D to explain the story in a proffer session. The uncle of the guy, Orlando Anderson, AKA baby lane, who is the one who was probably the shooter. Um, Greg Caden got him in a proffer session. They basically, they trapped him selling like 20 keys of heroin, like raw heroin. You know what I'm saying? And he was going away for the rest of his life because he was like two strikes south of California and he was like a 52-year-old man. So he has an audio recording of Keefe D breaking the whole thing down, but they can't prosecute him for it. Wait, so who shot Tupac? It was like a drug dealer? It was, it's so, so basically, um, no, it was Southside Crips. There has long been a feud between the Southside Crips and the Mob Pyru Bloods, right? But Suge Knight and Keefe D, these guys played football together. And they're both like the leaders of these respective gang cliques. But all the while, they remain alive and in power and out of jail, which leads people to speculate that Suge Knight may have been an agent, you know, of, of law enforcement or possibly something else, you know. Um, and basically... Puffy had been hiring the Southside Crips for security every time they went to LA. And here's what happened. 1994, Jermaine Dupree's birthday party. There's a scuffle that breaks out between Bad Boy and Death Row. And one of Suge Knight's best friends gets shot and killed by one of Puffy's security guys. And from this point, they are never, ever going to be cool ever again. And every time they bump into each other, they fucking have beef. And so Puff hires the Southside Crips. And... Then this also might have been a setup too. Some guy was allegedly at the mall with a death row chain and allegedly Puffy put a bounty of like 15 or 20 K on any death row chain. So this guy gets his ass beat at the mall and they take his chain. And supposedly it was done by baby lane, Orlando Anderson and Tupac sees Orlando Anderson in the uh, casino after the fight and, and basically kiss the kicks, the fucking shit out of him. And Tupac is Mob Pyru affiliated, but he's not like, you know, he's not from that neighborhood or anything. But at this point, he and Sugar just running wild. And Real Bloods will also tell you that Marion Sugar Bear Knight was not of the street life either, that his dad was a cop and that Sugar played football, you know, but somehow he ends up being one of the most powerful bloods in America. And um, so they kick the shit out of him. And then Keefe D and them basically go looking for Tupac. They think they're going to Club 662 
they can't find them and they're driving back on the strip and in dumb luck they happen to just see them right there they pull up next to them in the right hand lane suge and pock are talking to girls in the left hand turn lane flamingo and koval they roll down the back window orlando anderson is on the right side he leans across the rear passenger and dumps into the bmw and they make a right turn and they flee but tupac tries to call crawl into the back seat suge tries to shove him forward allegedly but in that moment he's kind of using pack as a human shield a little bit because if i'm trying to crawl into the back and you're trying to push me into the front what the fuck you know what i'm saying so there's actually a really amazing Nas song on the new Nas album called Death Row East that is actually like the most informative. Maybe we'll close the pod with that tonight, Alpha Ed. Um, it's actually the most informative thing about the whole situation ever because at the height of the beast, they started Death Row East and they had Rakim and Eric B who were going to like co-sign the shit. And there's a great interview with Pac and this reporter and the guy says, uh, well, tell me about Death Row East. And Pac goes, do you believe in God? And the guy goes, yeah. He goes, believe in Death Row East. And it was about to be like this huge problem, you know, and then they just, just snuffed it out. And here we are 25 years later. And, you know, Puffy and Dre are both worth over a billion dollars. And, you know, Shakur is no more. Wow. Anything else? I mean, shoot, that's like over an hour, right? Do you guys want to make any NFL predictions or Margaret, any MLB check-in? I mean, I have a college football check-in. Please. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. You got the conference realignment, right? Well, actually what else? Yes. But also I was going to say, uh, AP preseason poll came out. There's three teams tied for the most teams in the, in the top 25 or three conferences, SEC, big 10 and PAC 12, five teams each. And the Pac-12 only has 12 teams, and the other two have 35 teams in their conference. So, <laughs> Big Ten can go eat a dick. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, conference realignment, Charlie, that's a, that's a whole other beast. But it sounds like it's kind of going to calm down a little bit. I think Pac-12 might pick up a couple old Big 12 teams. Um, but, yeah, SEC is going to be nasty in a couple years. Dude. I cannot believe that uh, that Oklahoma is leaving the Big Twelve, man. Um, I, I just they saw the check that Texas A and M got for moving to the SEC, and that's yeah, you're right. I mean, dude, they botched they botched the network. You know, they should have they didn't get a good enough network deal, and ultimately, you know, the Big Ten network and the SEC network turned out to be the only ones that were that were profitable enough to, you know, lure people away rather than, you know, lose them elsewhere. Is that fair, Morgantual? Yeah, I think... Pac-10 yeah. Network doing okay, right? No, they're actually not doing that well, but the ACC actually has the worst television deal, and they're locked in through, like, 2035 or something. Pa pa problem with the Pac-12 was, unlike the other leagues, the Pac-12 owns their network, whereas... You know, the SEC network is owned by at the ESPN, for example. Um, well, Texas network. Well, yeah, Longhorn. Longhorn network is independent, but the, the Big 12 network isn't independent the way Pac-12 is. And what That's happened good. was there just wasn't really demand for Pac-12 network. I mean, if there was, they would have made a ton of money. But, I mean, on the West Coast, I'm the only diehard Pac-12 fan. So, um, yeah, I mean, distribution is really bad. It's not on DirecTV. But but they're gonna they're gonna their TV rights are up in two years and they're supposed to do better. But yeah, I mean Charlie, I mean the Big Ten makes the most, SEC the second most right now. I, if I recall correctly, I think Oklahoma and Texas are estimated to make an extra like eleven million a year in the SEC from their from their uh, football TV rights. So I mean, even though they have to pay, I think like a seventy five million exit fee if they leave the Big Twelve early, you know it's it's just it's going to pay itself off over time inevitably. So I, I get it. Um, I think Oklahoma is going to be competitive in the sec, but I think Texas is in for a rude awakening. So we'll see. Texas how is going to get slaughtered. Yeah. Texas is so overrated. Um, I don't know why they just can't win. They have, they have talent, but they don't, they don't make NFL draft picks and they don't win games. So yeah, they're going to go, they're going to lose to Alabama, LSU, Florida, you know, Auburn, Oklahoma. They're going to lose to everyone. So careful what you wish for. 
Yeah, seriously. Um, well, that's great. So everyone look forward to the, to the nine 11 podcast. I, Tony Alpha, do you guys have anything that we didn't get to? Um, I just want to touch on the Yankees winning their 11th straight game today. So yeah, are they in the playoffs now? They have the spot. They out are right? closing they in are on the AL East lead. Four, they're four games out of first in the AL East behind Tampa, uh, with Boston f- falling back fast. Um, and they are, they took over second, the second wild card. And I think after today, they're a game or a game and a half from the first wild card. Um, but they've completely changed the way they've played baseball over the last six weeks from the previous two and a half, three months of the season. That's what's spurned this winning streak along with they've been playing outrageous baseball since the all-star break. But it's because they're they're ditching the analytics portion of their of of the way they run things and they're doing thing more they're doing everything more with a baseball sense as opposed to following the numbers. Well the MLB needs the playoffs, dude. They're not gonna do any numbers without them. I mean it it would be great for baseball if it was Yankees, Dodgers in the World Series. Yeah, I would rig it up if I were them, dude, because MLB's uh, not been doing so hot. All right, well, shit, y'all stay tuned, and, um, you know, we'll we'll get with y'all. Um, Alpha, I'll send you this Death Row East in case we want to have it as the outgoing music. All right, hell yeah. All right, thanks a lot, fellas. Yeah, thank you. Of course. Night, y'all. Peace. Sorry.